Well, it is Vision Day. If you'll remain standing, we're going to look at some scripture. Really weird, weird scripture today, but hang with me. I'll explain it. Um, so Vision Day is a day when we, when we look forward to, to all that God has for us in, in this coming year. And I believe what I'm going to talk about today, it's not just about our church. We're going to talk about corporately as a church where God is taking us in this next year. But I believe this is also a word because we are the body of Christ because it's you and I that make up the church. I believe this word is for you for 2020. I believe this is the word God wants to impart to you today. And I want you to know as your pastor, I've been praying and, and seeking God and, and wrestling with God. And I do this every year, asking God, where, what's the direction? Where are you leading us in this next year? And, and I usually try to grab a hold of a word that can kind of help us and kind of be our, our guide. And, and the word that God gave me for this year is the word rest. And this word rest comes from uh, last year. In September, we celebrated our seventh anniversary as a church. And as we celebrated our seventh anniversary, on a Sunday morning, I was sitting right down there at the front, and, and I remember thinking to myself, wait a second, the seventh year is very significant in Scripture. The seventh year, wait, there's something about the seventh year, and it is. The seventh year, every seventh year in the Old Testament, they would celebrate the year of Sabbath. It was a Sabbath year, a year where they were to take an entire year and rest. So if you, let's look at this. Go to Leviticus. I told you it was odd. Leviticus. I don't think, I can't remember if I've ever preached out of Leviticus. I don't know that I'll ever preach out of Leviticus again. It's a very challenging book. There's a lot of hyper-spiritual people that'll pull really weird scriptures out of this, and then they'll tell you you can't get a tattoo. It comes out of scriptures like this, uh, and, and it can be this scripture, Leviticus in some of the Old Testament, can be very, very confusing. Okay, so let me kind of help you if you're new to the scriptures. This will help you a little bit. In, in Leviticus, God speaks to the children of Israel. They've come out of 400 years of captivity. Moses is on Mount Sinai. He's talking to God. You've asked me to lead these people. What do you want me to say to them? And I'm like, wow, that sounds really familiar. I did that a couple weeks ago, God. And so God speaks to Moses on Mount Sinai. Now, when he speaks to Moses, he gives him the law. Now, here's the confusing part. Some of the law was civil law. Some of it was moral law. And there were also principles and practices. The civil law, so there were certain things that were unique only to the children of Israel in this time period, never to be carried on by anyone else. And somehow we have taken some of those civil laws and made them into moral laws and principles and practices that we're supposed to be carrying on that God said, no, 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 that was just for my people in that time period. But there are some principles and practices from Leviticus that, that carry on. And so we're going to see one of the practices that God gave them. And I believe there's a spiritual principle in it that God is asking us to carry on. If you don't have a Bible, download version. Great app. I read out of the New Living Translation, so you're going to look for the NLT, New Living Translation, so it'll make sense to you today. By the way, on that app, if you've never been on it, um, somewhere on there, I don't know where it's at, but under events, you'll see Core Church. And under there, you'll see the scriptures that I'm going to read today. You'll also see what's going on. You'll see also a devotional for this week that you can use and other helpful things for you. All right, Leviticus 25. Let's, let's read this together. I mean, you don't have to read it. I'll read it. You listen. It says this, While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving you, so remember they're, they're going into the promised land. This is the 
They're headed towards the land that God has promised for them. When you, when you enter the land, I'm giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years, you can plant your fields, you can prune your vineyards, you can harvest your crops, but, but during the seventh year, listen to this, the land must have a Sabbath year. Somebody say year. Some of you even said it the way I did. Sabbath year, 12 months, 365 days of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields, prune your vineyards during that year, and don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather gather the grapes from the unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest. But some good news here, but you may eat whatever the land produces on its own during its Sabbath. This applies to you, your male and female servants, your hired workers, the temporary residents who live with you, your livestock. I mean, he's just covering everything. Your livestock, your cats, your dogs, your, your, your gerbils, your hamsters, everyone in the land. They'll be allowed to eat what the land produces. Right, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you right now that we have this opportunity to, to just reflect on where you've taken us and, and uh, talk for a moment about where, you, where you're taking us. We thank you that you are our ultimate guide. You know, just thinking of the children of Israel and they were guided by the fire at night and the cloud during the day. And God, you guide us in, by your spirit. Your spirit is, is that fire. And thank you for your spirit that guides us now. Guide us now and speak to us now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, you can be seated. So 2020 is the year of rest. You might want to write that down. It's the year of rest. And, and when, when God gave me that word, that was not the word I was hoping for. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I was hoping for something a little more action-oriented, something a little more charismatic, Pentecostal in nature, the year of favor. It's the year of increase. I, I, want, I wanted something that would sound really, really spiritual, and God said it's the year of rest. I don't like to rest. <laughs> I like to take a nap. Any nappers? I'm a napper. Yeah, okay. I don't like to rest, though. Rest to me is boring. Sit down, I get bored, or if I sit down, I feel like I'm being lazy, or I feel like I'm being unproductive. I've got to do something. Uh, just recently, I was telling you, I was on, on my prayer retreat, and some people in our church, they have a cabin, and they have about 100 acres of land, and they let me use it for, the, for my prayer week, and so I went away for a week in January to pray, and I remember getting there, and, and they, the Lord is in this place. So I remember getting there, and, and they had some instructions, and one of the things they told me is they said, the ranger is in the garage, and you can use it anytime you want. And a ranger, by the way, is just this little utility vehicle, little four-wheel drive thing that you can take out on the land, and it's like, that'd be cool, that'd be really fun. And so I go into the cabin, and I, I sit down, I get my Bible out, and I sit down, and I'm, I'm going to pray, seek the Lord. And I sit down, and I'm like, all I'm thinking is, man, that ranger is about 100 yards away. But I'm here to rest, God. I'm here to pray. I'm here to seek your face. But the, but the ranger is, got in. So, so I did. I stayed where I was. 
for 20 minutes. And, and I said, forget this, I'm taking the ranger out. And so I, I got up and I got the key to the ranger and got it out of the, the garage that they had there. And I had my dog Otis with me. And I'm like, come on, Otis, we're going for a run, buddy. And so I, I get this thing out and I get it started and I just, I hammer it just right. I hope they're not here this, hearing me talk about this, but I hammer it, pedal to the metal, slam it down. Here we go. I feel the need, the need for speed. And, and I mean, this thing takes off like a rocket. I'm like, whoa, here we go. And I get this thing up to about 15 miles per hour and we're cooking along and all of a sudden it goes, and I am punching it and punching it and it's going, it had a regulator on it. Oh, I was so disappointed. I was like, you've got, I want to go. I want to move, and this thing won't go any faster. Have you ever, you ever felt that way with God? He's put a regulator on you in your situation. God, I want to move. I want to go. I, I'm trying to get somewhere, and you can't get to where you're going because God has put a regulator on it, and he's slowing you down. I think rest is God's regulator. It, it, ha, it has a purpose. It, it has a, a reason. In fact, we see this all throughout Scripture. It's there at creation. And at creation, God, on the seventh day, he what? He rested. He rested from, from his work. Then he creates Adam. So he creates Adam. This is interesting about Adam. You may have never thought about this before, but he creates Adam on the sixth day. And so Adam, he's born, and on the very first day, does he go to work? No, he rested. Even Adam rested. You fast forward, now they're on Mount Sinai. God gives Moses the top 10. Here's the top 10. And in the top 10, it says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. God said, you will rest at least once a week. Fast forward a little bit further, and God says, now I want you not only to do that, but every seventh year, I want you to rest. This is the year of rest. God is calling us as a people to rest. So what does that mean? What does that look like for our church? What does that look like for you in 2020? Well, let's look back here at Leviticus. In Leviticus chapter 25, God explained the Sabbath year to Moses and, and kind of what they were supposed to do. Look at verse 4 of chapter 25. Jesus, or Jesus, God is speaking here. God says this, during the seventh year, the land must have a Sabbath year of complete what? Rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. So imagine the children of Israel. They get this news and they're like, hey, what? Wait, we, we can't plant. We can't water. We can't cultivate for an entire year. Sounds ludicrous. It's like, is Moses on CBD? What's going on? I mean, what is happening with Moses? This is crazy. Now, I naively thought, wow, these people, these children of Israel are so spiritual, the entire land taking a rest. No, actually, they never did it. Very, very few of them ever practiced it because it was so stinking hard. So they just didn't do it. But it really wasn't about resting. It was really about trusting. See, God wasn't trying to get them to not plant. God wasn't trying to necessarily get them to rest. God was trying to get them to trust him, to trust that he could provide. 
Here's the first thing I want you to write down today. Let it rest. Let it rest. Let it rest. Last year, if you were here on Vision Day, we talked about it was the year of preparation. And so all year we were praying and anticipating, thinking about what God had for us and preparing for what God would have for us. And I remember many, many days, many, many days walking through this facility, walking around this land, asking God how he would want us to to use our property, what it is that he would want us to do. And and the number one thing I believe that that God spoke to me about was for us as a church to get out of debt. Now, if you're new to our gathering, you don't know anything about that, but we have about $2.6 million of debt that hangs over us that I believe God is calling us to get out of. Now, praise God, he's already helped us in these seven years. Like, we started seven years ago, $4 million of debt, but God came through as we prayed, as we walked the land, as we prayed, as we sought God. God brought a miracle. We sold land, $1.2 million. Now our debt's all the way down to $2.6 million. We should give him some praise for that. That's good. God is working. But I believe that God was saying, no, I, want, I don't want you to get out of debt 10 years, 20 years. I want you to get out of debt now. And so I was like, all right, it's so your preparation. So I said, I, I felt like, you know what we need? We need, get, we need to do a giving campaign. We need to do some kind of giving campaign. We'll all do it. We'll all get in, and we'll just erase this debt. And so I started talking to different organizations that work with churches, and I said, okay, so what about this? And I said, you could do this. And I talked to this other organization. I said, you could do this. And then I talked to God, and God said, let it rest. Yeah, yeah, but, but you, you told us the word, get, get out of debt. We can't get out of, out of debt if you don't. I mean, and God said, let it rest. So even as I began to pray and walk and, and, and seek God, I, I started thinking about our facility, and, and God really spoke deep into my soul and said, you know what, Brad, I am not pleased with how you're using that facility. See, we're using it on a Sunday, but what you may or may not realize is during the week, most of the time, it's empty. And God said, you're not being a good steward of the resource I've given to you. Okay, God, we own that. How? What do you want us to do? So we began to think and brainstorm and talk and thought maybe we could launch a preschool. Because we have this kid's wing and we could do a preschool. And so we, we have some people in our church that have done preschool ministry, launched daycares, owned daycares, owned preschools, worked them, done this. Put a group of people together. They did all the work, all the research I mean, how much it was going to cost, the equipment we were going to need. We, we, we said, we're going to launch it in the fall of 2020. I'm going to get up on Vision Day. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to launch this preschool, and we're going to reach this community. And God said, let it rest. Yeah, but let it rest. So I, I thought, well, hey, you know what we could do? We could use our facilities. amazing. Our facility is so beautiful. We could use this as a co-working space. I don't know if you've ever seen any of these. It's amazing. Like we could have people in here doing business and entrepreneurs and nonprofits using our facility day in and day out. That would be so cool to be able to do that. And So we actually went downtown Tulsa and met with a group that has a co-working space. And I talked to a guy in Kansas City that works with churches, and, and he has co-working spaces with churches, and, and started thinking about what that would look like and what would be need. And then God said, let it rest. Let it rest. God is telling us as a church that we need to just let it rest. And here's what resting is. Resting is trusting. Trusting that God is working while I'm waiting. I can trust him. So what is it in your life that you need to let rest? 
What is it in your life that's creating unrest? What is it in your life that you're frustrated about, that you need the breakthrough on, that you've been praying about, that you've been asking God for? Maybe it's a, a relationship that is, that is broken that you want God to mend and reconcile, but it's not been reconciled. Maybe it's a financial breakthrough. You're like, I want to get out of debt. You talk about debt, preacher. Man, I've got some debt as well, and I, I'm hearing you. I want out of debt as well. Maybe it's something physical in your body. Maybe it's a dream that God's put in your heart. What is it in your life that you need to let Rest. What if in 2020 you let it rest? What if you just said, in 2020, I'm going to trust God? Turn to somebody by you and tell them, encourage them right now and say, let it rest. It's okay to let it rest. Let it rest. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out the commitment card. You, you have one there. It's probably on your chair or it's in the chair back in front of you. And some of you have already gotten it. You've already filled it all the way out. You weren't supposed to do that. You're supposed to do it with me, but that's okay. You're, you're type A. You're like, I'm way ahead of you. I am charting the course. I'm type A. Some of you didn't even know the card was there. Some of you are like, you're not even grabbing for it. You're not even going to fill it out. But if you would, every year we like to take these 2020 commitment cards and think about the year ahead, and this is for you. And what the first thing we want to ask you is this. What is it in 2020 that you need to let rest? What is it that you need to let rest? I want you to write that on that card right now. It might be a relationship. It might be financially. It might be a dream that's God put in you. It might be something to do with schooling or a degree or classes that you're needing to take or wanting to take or I don't, I don't know what it is. What is it in 2020 that you need to let rest? So here's the question as you write that down. So uh, am I just supposed to sit around this year and do nothing? <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I came today? Woo, okay. Just ain't going to do jack for a year now. No. No, that's, that's not it at all. In fact, I want us to look at verse 6. God gave this instruction to Moses. He said this, you may eat whatever the land produces, what? On its own. Come on, say that again with me. On its own. You may eat whatever the land produces on its own during its Sabbath. In, in other words, God, God had the land produce fruit. God had the land produce crops on its own. And what God said is, when you're not working, I'm working, I'm producing, and all I need you to do is look for what I'm producing, look for the opportunities. Come on, somebody, you need to look for what God's doing, and then you can go and you can get that, but only what I am producing. So I want you to write this down. Work your weight. Work your weight. While I'm letting it rest... I'm going to work my weight. Work your weight. Here's the thing about resting. Resting doesn't mean coasting. Resting doesn't mean doing nothing. Resting is about trusting God. Resting is about looking to God. It's, it's this idea that as you wait and as you trust, God is going to provide opportunities. God is going to provide what you need, and then, and only then, do you go and you get it. Last year, 
many of you remember that uh, we went through September and we had a time of prayer and fasting in September. And then God spoke to me and said, I want you to call the people to fast the entire month of October. And I remember saying, you got to be kidding, God. We just came through a week in September and I'm going to stand back up and say, now we're going through a whole other month. And God said, if you will call the people to fast and pray, I will open up heaven for you. You won't even begin to understand or fathom what I will do if you will humble yourself and pray. So we did. It took the entire month of October. We began to fast and we began to pray and, and send out prayer initiatives. And, and, and we gathered here on Wednesday nights. And so many of you, remember, you came here on a Wednesday night and, and you gathered with us. And we prayed and we walked through this facility and we began to pray about how we could use it. And we walked the land thinking through financially what we could do and, and just began to pray and seek God. How do you want us to use this facility? How can we use it for your good? And we had no idea as we were walking, as we were working our weight. We were letting it rest. We were working our weight. And then we were going to say, we said, God, we're going to look for where you provide, and then we're going to act. And we had no idea that in 30 days from that prayer that an Ethiopian church that we knew nothing about would come to our doors and say, we need a home. Can we make this our home? This is what God will do for you. And now every Sunday, an Ethiopian church is meeting right next door in our offices. And thanks be to God for them because of the relationships that they have. They're all from Addis Ababa, where we're going. And they've had all these connections that we're going to be making when Laura and I are there. All these people that we're going to be meeting with and all these things we're going to be doing all because of those people and they came to us, work your weight. I remember we, we spread out on the land and we started praying over the land because what we didn't realize and God began to show us was, and specifically showing me was, that we had more land to sell. I thought we'd sold as much land as we could sell. And as I began to look around, God said, there's more. There's more land to sell. And so as we were praying, as we were waiting on God, he's like, look, there's more. Sell it. And I'm like, I don't know how to sell it. I'm not a realtor. I'm a pastor. I don't know how to do that. I'm not a professional, and I don't want to. And, but I remember, work your way. I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to try to find somebody. I'm not going to Google it. I'm just going to, we're going to work our way. God, show us how to sell this land. And would you believe Two weeks into October, two weeks into that prayer, I'm at a pastor's gathering. I'm standing there, and I'm talking to a gentleman. He's older. He's retired. And, and I'm talking to him. I say, hey, man, what are you doing now? And he said, oh, believe it or not, Brad, I am dusting off my commercial real estate license. Ah, funny thing. We're looking for a commercial real estate agent. I began to talk to him, and he'd done multi-million dollar deals. He'd worked with union public schools. He's worked with churches. And he said, you know, Brad, actually, through some circumstances, he wasn't able to work with us. But he said, I've got somebody that will do a better job than even I could do. He said, her name is D.C. Roberts. One of you know who that is. <laughs> that name means nothing to most of you. It means everything to me. Because 25 years ago, I wasn't a pastor. 25 years ago, I woke up every morning and did the morning show on Z104.5 as half of Banana and Mel in the morning. Figure out which one I was. And 
So decisions you make as a young person that you live to regret the rest of your life. But DC was on that morning show with us. And DC and I had no idea that 25 years ago, 25, two decades ago, God had placed us together not just to entertain the greater Tulsa metro area, but he put us together for the greater good of the kingdom of God. I had no idea. I was in my 20s. I was a kid. I didn't know. This was just a friend. This was just a coworker. But God's like, you have, you have no idea, dude. One day you're going to be pastoring, and you're going to need this lady, and she's going to need you. And so I remember sitting in my office as D.C. Roberts came, and we began to talk, and she's a follower of Jesus, and we prayed together. And I said, okay, enough of prayer. How much is the land worth? <laughs> and she sits down, and she said, Brad, I believe your land is valued at over Two million dollars. Can you believe that? I mean, two million dollars. This is what our God can do. So this is what we're going to do. We got 12 acres outside of this property, outside of this building. We're keeping the building. We're keeping some land around the building. Don't panic about that. But outside, there's more land to be sold, and we're going to be selling additional land, and we're going to be working our weight and trusting in God. Because here's the thing I believe. I believe these walls of debt are going to fall. And I don't believe that God wants to wait decades to get that done. I just have not felt that in my spirit. I've not sensed God speaking that into my spirit. I'm good if God says, you may think that, and I've decided to wait. I'm good with whatever God, but I sense that what God is saying is now is the time. And when I was on my prayer retreat, God led me to the book of Joshua. Every year on my prayer retreat, I read through Nehemiah, and I told God that. I read through Nehemiah. I don't read through Joshua. And God's like, I need you to read through Joshua. And he's not saying this audibly. It's just a conversation and what I'm sensing in my spirit. And, and I'm like, no, God, I'm reading Nehemiah. So I, I was obedient to myself. And I opened up Nehemiah and I started reading. None of us have ever done that before, you know, done what I want to do. I'm like, no, every year it's Nehemiah, God. That's my book. That's my homie. That is my vision. That's my life. That's my ministry. And God said, shut it. Let it rest. Okay. So open up Joshua and God said, Pay attention because I want to speak to you and I want to speak promises into you and speak promises over your people and speak promises over this church. And I couldn't even get through the first chapter. And, and God gave me this promise in Joshua 1.13. He said this, the Lord your God is giving you a place of what? Rest. A place of rest. Those of you that don't know this story, Joshua, Moses dies. He doesn't get to go into the promised land. God says, Joshua, you're going to lead the people into the promised land. And God said, Brad, you're leading the people into the promised land, and you will lead them to rest. They will have, you will have rest in that relationship. You will have rest in your finances. You will have rest in your health. You will have rest in that dream. You will have rest in that vision. You will have rest in that ministry that you believe God has birthed in your life. God is going to give you rest. You're going to come into the land because he has given you the land. Listen, let's speak in faith to somebody around you. Three people, I want you to fist bump them, and I want you to say, you have what God promised. You have what God promised. You have what God has promised. This is, this is our Jericho. When they went into the land, when they went into that 
the, the promised land, the very first battle they had to fight was at Jericho. But I love at Jericho, God said, let it rest. Work your weight. You're not going to fight. And all they did was walk and pray, walk and pray, walk and pray, walk and pray, looking for when God was going to do something, walking and praying, looking for when God was going to do something. And so many of you know that story. The walls that came a-tumbling down. And that is God's promise for our church. These walls of debt will fall. Can we just in faith declare that? Give me an amen. Come on. We believe that. And I'm believing that for your life. Listen, I believe the walls of debt want to fall in your life. This isn't a promise just for our church. It's a promise for you. And you got to look for the fruit. you got to look for the crop. you got to look for a God is presenting opportunities for you. And I got one for you. We are going to be doing Financial Peace University. I've wanted to do this for years. And somebody in our congregation came to me and they said, I've got a heart, I've got a burden. My wife and I, we feel like we want to lead Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. We believe that God wants to help a lot of people in this church. And I said, it's about time. Now is the time. We are going to go and get that fruit. And I'm going to tell you this, God has the fruit. And if you go to that, if you, if you believe that this is the year for you to get out of debt, I will tell you in the next month, it's coming in the next couple months, and we'll tell you about it, you need to sign up, get in that, because when you get in that, you're going to work your weight. You're going to work your weight. You're going to be praying. You're going to be looking. All right, God, where's the fruit? Where's the changes? Where's the opportunities? Where's the things that I can do? And God is going to lead you into his promise. So how do I work my weight? How do I do that? How do I do that God's way? I think there's two simple things. You, you, you look for God, and then you walk with God. You look for God. And you walk with God. Look for God, walk with God. In fact, on your commitment card, I want you to, to get that commitment card out because I think this is so critical. So many times when we think about coming to church and, and I, I gotta do this and I gotta and I gotta check the boxes and I gotta if I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this, then God will be pleased with me. And we just get it all messed up. When God says, Listen, if you want to know how to walk with God, you want to know how to look for God, here's the eight ways you do it. There are eight ways. you got the card right there in front of you. Daily devotions. Are you on your face before God every day? Are you in the word of God every single day? Sunday worship. What you're doing right now, you're working your weight. You're in the house of God. It's a Sabbath for you. You stop. You said, I'm looking, I'm waiting, and I'm trusting in God, man. Are, is, that, is that where you're at, man? I'm, this year, I'm going to commit to Sunday worship. Maybe it's continual surrender. The idea is not a one-time thing. I get saved and then I'm good. No, no. It is a continual day-to-day surrendering of your will to God. And sometimes there's things in your life you need to give up that are in the way and blocking the way of God bringing you your breakthrough. Sharing Christ is a part of that. Man, how do I work my way? You just share Christ. You just share the hope and you share the, the things that God has done in your life. It's persistent prayer. Man, that's core midweek. We gather on Wednesdays. And man, I'm telling you, God works miracles in that environment. We come together and we pray together. We work together. We work our weight together. Our last core midweek was insane when we began to pray for a few people specifically who were working their weight. It's godly friendships. Are you in a core group? If you're not in a core group in 2020, how are you ever going to know what God wants you to do next? How are you ever going to know where the fruit is? Who are you going to ask? Are you going to Google your answer? Are you going to go talk to the person who stands next to you at work that doesn't follow Jesus and ask for their advice? 
Why not get in a group of people that follow Jesus? I have somebody today that they said, uh, they just started in a core group, and they came up to me and said, thank you, Brad, best thing ever happened to me. I, I can't believe the people I'm surrounded with. And I know the people in the group he's in, and I'm like, I want to be in that group. They just won't let me be in that group. But these are some wise, amazing people. Generous giving. Are you, are you being generous in your giving? Or are you withholding from God? God, I want this from you, but you won't. You'll be generous, man. Everything that God, this is the year you need to say, man, I need to be generous in my giving. Or maybe it's sacrificial serving. It's just, you know what? I need to stop thinking about myself. I need to stop thinking about my problem. I need to stop sitting on the sidelines and pouting. I, 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 listen, sometimes life just hits you hard, and I get that. And there are times that you need to just sit and you need to rest because life has pounded you into the pavement. But most of the time, you need to work your way. You need to be serving the Lord. So what I want you to do is don't check every box on there. Some of you are going to be like, I, I'll eat. I, got, I need help in every one of these. Oh, my goodness. I am off the rails. What one or two? I wouldn't check any more than two. What one area is God speaking to you about in 2020? This is the area of your life that I want you to walk with me. This is the area of your life I want you to look to me. Write, write that down. So last thing is this, what about all the work I've been doing? Like, what about all that I, I, what about all that I've already done? Is it just a waste of time? Did I just waste all of that? Look at verse 21 of chapter 25. God says, be assured, I will send my blessing for you in the sixth year, so that in the, in the sixth year, the year before the Sabbath year, in the sixth year, so the land will produce a crop large enough for, for, for how many years? Three years. For three years. So, so what God says, it said to the children of Israel is, what, what you planted in the sixth year, all that work, all that toiling, all that working, and all the sweat, sweat, blood, and tears, guess what? It is going to pay off exponentially more than you could have ever imagined or hoped. Write this down. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. God is going to bring about a harvest from all the toiling, all the working, everything that you have been doing. You're like, I've gotten nowhere, nowhere. And now you're telling me to let it rest. And what God is saying to you is, all that you've been doing is not for nothing. I will bring about a great harvest. I, I like the promise that, and some of you, this may be the promise for you this year that uh, Paul gives us to the Galatian church in Galatians 6, 9. He said this, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Tell somebody next to you, don't give up. Don't give up. Your harvest is going to come at God's time. God's heard your prayers. God's seen the work. He's seen the toiling. I was thinking about this yesterday. And I was thinking about Laura's mom, uh, Evelyn. So many of you obviously know her. And she's such a mighty, amazing woman of God. And when she was 16 years old, she, she wanted to be a missionary. 
and she began preparing for the mission field, and, and she knew and she was convinced God had called her and said she was going to be a missionary. And she gone to this Baptist convention for missions and was walking around outside and was praying and was just said, God, I'm all yours. Wherever you send me, whatever you want for me, I'm going. And so she began to just prepare and prepare and prepare and nothing. Nothing happened. Not for a year. Not for a decade. Not for even 20 years. 30 years. Nothing. 40 years from that call. Nothing. 50 years. Nothing. 60 years. God spoke to her. She let it rest. She worked her weight for 60 years, and she had no idea that 60 years after God spoke that over her, that it wasn't going to be her that was going to go to the mission field, but it would be her son who would start as a missionary and start a missions organization called Send Me down in Guatemala where he and his wife now live. And in June, we are sending a team to go down there to Guatemala. And then, if that's not enough, God says, guess what? I'm not just going to send your your son, but I'm going to send your daughter and your son-in-law. And guess what? They're going to get on a plane, and they're going to go to Ethiopia, the other side of the world, and they're going to serve people over there. I'm telling you, nothing is wasted in God's economy. Nothing is wasted. I want to invite the worship team to to come. And while they're coming, I want you to know this, that God, God is going to bring about a great harvest in this church. And the great harvest, I believe, that he's going to bring in this church, though, is a harvest of souls. This is what Jesus said in John 4, 36. He said, the, the fruit they harvest is what? The, the fruit they harvest is what? People. The fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Now, if you've been out in our lobby and you, you've seen those bricks that are out in our lobby, God has brought a lot of people to eternal life in this church, like through baptisms and through salvations and, and through people who've come in and locked arms with us. So many names on that wall. And when you walk by that wall, we need to celebrate the goodness of God and the lives that have been transformed and changed for the kingdom. That wall is there to remind us that it's all about people. And if you haven't gotten your brick yet, at the end of the service today, we've got bricks on both sides. And we want to encourage you, man, if you call Core Church home, if this is your place and you're locking arms with us, if you've given your life to Jesus and you've been baptized, man, you come up and you get a brick. And we're going to put it on that wall with the other walls. Some of you remember these windows from last year. I believe these windows kind of represent us looking out into the city. And you wrote down names of people that are far from God. And now you are a year later. And you, some of those people, you're like, they did come to Christ. They did come and they given their life to Jesus. And that's an amazing, but for so many of you, nothing. A year later, I prayed for a year and, and nothing. What I want to encourage you to do is grab your commitment card again. And I want you to recommit the names of people that you wrote on these windows last year. God, I'm going to pray again. And if I have to pray 60 years, I'll pray 60 years. I'll pray every day for 60 years until they come home. So if, if, 
Listen, these names, if you've, if you've written a name on there, I want you to do it again. I want you to get out the commitment card. I want you to write their name again. If you've never written out a name that's been on these windows, I want you to write names. If you've gotten more names, most of us have collected more names. I've got like three or four more people that I, this year that I've started praying for. And I'm praying for these people to come to know Jesus and their names are gonna be on these windows and, and, and we're gonna pray together and we're gonna believe that God is going to bring about a great harvest of souls. Father, right now we make this commitment to you. We commit to you in Jesus' name. Amen.